the potato. That's not a mob. That's not a, That's mob. Not a mob. What a cop out. Mmm, <laughs> these cats are cooking. That sounds excellent. That gun isn't loaded, I swear. I, I feel bad for laughing at that. Oh. Yeah, they have a prison song at the gulag. You jumped the shark. What's your alternative, Schindler boy? I've always been confused about how they're magical creatures. What about them is magical? They're shorter. That's not magic! I don't know what made well means. It's so nebulous. Five seconds of summer is five guys, right? But they're just a band. Guys, this just becomes Great Gatsby meets Alvin and the Chipmunks. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Pineapple Juice? Question mark? Or as we're now called, Amateur Pros. The show where the amateurs feel like pros if you kind of squint a little. Uh, this is the podcast where we bring together three different story ideas and mold them into one kind of developed story by the end of the, the day. Uh, my name's Jacob. I'm Fletcher. I'm Peter. Was that off the dome? That was off the dome. That was... That yes! was off the cranium, my man. We did... Again, if you've listened to anything, we don't plan these ahead at all. So, like, that intro was just came straight out of his brain. <laughs> Thank you. That was really good. Well, and if you didn't get the gist of it, um, pineapple juice... It's dead. That's gone. Not to not to sound like... Not to yeah, not we, be melodramatic about we, it, but we're making some changes in the Pineapple Reload Studios here. Uh, in our, our, uh, we're, uh, our... In our mega corporation studio. Now we're making some changes, some branding adjustments. We wanted a we're now, name. We're now amateur pros. Yeah, we wanted a name that made it a bit more obvious what we do. And while we loved the whimsy of pineapple juice, we also realized that nobody really knows what that podcast is about when they see it. And while you can go get an explanation, we'd like a podcast name and logo that gives you some idea of what we're doing here. And we feel like this title sort of gets that across. Yeah, a lot better yeah, at least. Definitely. And so that's, that's sort of the... Uh, bookkeeping out of the way i guess you could say we also have one more matter to address we have a special guest to to do the question bit today right yes my wife well soon to be wife. <laughs> i was gonna say what <laughs> future wife hello i'm mary grace <laughs> yes mary grace my 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 fiance is here as a special Let her guest. speak <laughs> um i have brought the question for today I, it's very well thought out. This is this is the theme. We don't let her talk ever. No, no, she's not normally allowed. She she basically had to bribe me to get on this podcast. Like she <laughs> with pizza rolls uh, and and yeah, pizza rolls effectively got my ass, my heart. Oh, Peter, you getting pizza rolls, man? Yeah, dude, I'm living large them. out here. Oh, I'm jealous. Okay, so my question, my very well thought out question for today, is what is your favorite Minecraft mob? There is an obvious answer to this question, but is I there? need to know what your guys' answer is. Absolutely, there is. Are you sure? Okay, who wants to who wants to go first? Oh, this here is on hard because I feel like because I'm putting a lot of thought into this, and it is a difficult question. Okay, I, I just, really like, like I know the I'm, answer in my heart. I really like the new axolotls. Um, I'm a huge fan of them, but I haven't. I don't know. I've played enough with the axolotls that it feels like a fair answer. I haven't really used them like they're supposed to be used. I mean, I would say they're like up there in the contention because they can kill you with a fun little glitchy thing where they just start spinning and then launch you off if you walk into that them. That's funny. Like that that whole Wait, thing alone. Thing? Makes Wait, it they really... can kill you? Yeah. 
No, yeah, I like I've seen videos of like people where they like they like set them up into some weird little contraption and then they start spinning and then they start spinning really really fast and if you walk into them <laughs> it will launch you off the map and kill you. <laughs> it's like it's some weird it glitch in the programming and it's really funny. I had no idea. That's incredible. I'm gonna now target people with. These but you can also cars. put them in a widow bucket and bring yeah. them. Yeah, that's true. Man, you know what? Uh, favorite mob. In Minecraft, like how I, I'm really treating this with the severity that it deserves. Um, I'm probably gonna say the bumblebee. I like the bees a lot. I think they offer a very fun mechanic to the game. I like how big and fat they are. I like the the blocks they give you with their their succulent, juicy honey. Uh, so that's my answer. Oh, I did not like that. From saying the word succulent and juicy is just sheer disgust. But I stand by my words, and I will never Just change. in reference to Bumblebee, Look. that's what got me. Yeah, like, I feel like you could describe, like, a pineapple, like, succulent and juicy, Don't but say, a Bumblebee? Yes. Don't say pineapple. Pineapple's yeah, dead. If you picture a bee as succulent. Don't dead name us that's, like that. Oh, I'll stand by, I'll, you know what, bee... Be succulent. That's my new catchphrase on the podcast. <laughs> That's the new podcast name, actually. Su- Amateur pros is be gone. Su- it's We're be succulent. Be succulent. Welcome to be succulent. <laughs> the horticultural podcast. I, okay, so I'm still conflicted though because I also think the guardians look really cool. I've always liked their design, and mechanically, I've always enjoyed silverfish. Like they're kind of the most annoying things ever, but they're. They're really fun in how they're devious, you know? Silverfish are evil. They are the only Silver bright spot of fun like the in the monotony you, right? of mine. Like, yeah, and they, like, come out of blocks and they summon reinforcements. And a long time ago, uh, a YouTuber named Etho made this cool machine where he'd get, like, an army of silverfish, bring them to, like, a cleared-out patch of stone in the desert, and then get them to mine for him by yes. making a bunch of them angry, and they break blocks. <laughs> um, it never really worked on to scale, but it was a fun idea. He's my favorite my, Minecraft YouTuber. Or actually, he's one of my favorite YouTubers in general. I drop everything to watch an episode of Etho. He's so good. Not that he needs a plug on our podcast of... I mean, most of our listenership is within this podcast itself. <laughs> but, I mean, go watch Etho. Yeah, he's th- great. Macy, go watch Etho. I know you haven't. Go do it. Because <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think your sister already watches Etho. No, I don't think she does. Catherine, if you yeah, don't Katie. watch it, go watch <laughs> take, it. Take a listen. Hey, Mom, I know you don't like Minecraft, but... Right, I think we covered everyone that listens. Mm-hmm. Um, Wait, Fletcher, what's your pod... What, not podcast. <laughs> what's your What's your mob? What's your guy? The potato. That's not a mob. That's not a, That's mob. Not a mob. It's what an item. <laughs> no, or a block, mob. if you're talking about food um, and potatoes. I'm honestly... No. I think after, after having given this minimal consideration, I think I've got to say the Enderman, because they're just kind of shy, and I think it's really funny. <laughs> <laughs> they're really cute enderman got them like not to be mm, i'm not gonna say that Never like mind. they're just they're really polite they just want to bring you like a block of sand but or they're something like vicious or a block of grass. if you look and, at them and the as long as you way. don't look at <laughs> them as long as you don't stare enderman. them in the eye they don't they're they're totally chill and then they get nervous and uncomfortable and then they like just start beating the crap out of school. school. you know you know you don't want to look at them directly in the eye or else they might snap. You don't want to get on. The- <laughs> I'm giving Peter such a glare right now. You can't see it, audience. But... Yeah, we're. It's a very disapproving. <laughs> All right. Do you guys need to know the obvious and the only answer to this question? Yes, please. Yes, sure. It is the chicken. The, oh my the chicken gosh! Is the best mob in Minecraft. <laughs> You're right. They are the most chaotic of the mobs. 
you eat them, they're adorable, they multiply so fast, and they drop feathers and eggs. No, you're right. This is the obvious answer. Why didn't I think of that? They are the most farmable of the livestock. I would say the best mob... What's that new one coming out? It's like the Snurfer or whatever. <laughs> Snurfer? <laughs> the Sniffer? The dinosaur? Oh, the Sniffer, yeah. <laughs> Snurfer. What the no, like, what? there's other cute Minecraft mobs. Like, the... the like the moose what is this, an elephant cow. or something? It's called Wait, a snipper? So, you know, so in the upcoming update, there's a like Snuffle a dinosaur you can find the eggs of and bring back to life, and it's called a sniffer, and it can go sniff out ancient extinct plants for you, and you can plant the new... Okay, are we plant. are we talking about like the, yeah, the, the, the stinking vacuum? With the eggs that he drops? No, because he's not a chicken. Hold on. Is this like that vacuum cleaner from Teletubbies? What was his name? Snoot Snoot? Snoot? Snoot, new, 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 Snoot, Snoot. Isn't Snoot, Snoot, the, 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 like the, the noise that Penguin makes in that claymation show? Snoot, Snoot. And Pangu? Wait, no. And that's... This is like, it's like, it's like. Oh, wait, he, the meme thing where the penguin's like really angry and then. Oh, yeah. Yes. He goes, Snoot, 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 I'm surprised you guys didn't think of the chicken. Well, honestly, the other answer could have been the parrot. Because the parrot's just so cute. No, the parrot sucks. No. The parrot Parrots sits on the your worst. shoulder. How does that suck? You look well, so okay. cool in Minecraft. I'm with you, MG, but I still dislike how they made it where, like, the moment you fall down a block or jump, the parrots dislodge. It feels like there should be a better pet system for that kind of thing. I completely um, agree. I agree, but still, I'm always the coolest person on the Minecraft server when I have parrots. They are pretty cool. I will, I will give you that. But yeah, the chicken was the obvious answer. Disappointed. You all failed. You get an F. And if Damn. you want to join us on our private Christian Minecraft server, uh, you can email us at pineappleReload at gmail.com, and I probably won't let you on, uh, but I just wanted to, <laughs> to say that anyway. So just it's know we're having fun playing Minecraft. The server that we've and definitely been using a lot recently. I mean, I have, and and Macy has, but the rest of you have abandoned I'll, okay. me. I'll play, again. I'll play again. I'll play again. I gotta play again. I'll do it. I'll do it. I'll do it. My computer's breaking, so I have an excuse right now. My computer's yeah. perfectly I mean, fine. I, I've been super busy, too. I'm I haven't lazy. really been playing, but I've been doing a bit. Oh, so now you're a liar, Jacob. Yeah. Interesting. Mm, interesting how that works I, out. I built a cool Technoblade monument. None of you have seen well, it. Well, okay. Now I'll, I feel bad again. In my defense, I just have better things to do with my time. There's nothing better to do with your time than Minecraft. That's respectfully. true. Respectfully. Schoolwork. Boom. Roasted. Yeah, that didn't... Is that a better thing to do? No. More practical, maybe. More necessary. Well, and Fletcher, I wisely made some other idiot at our podcast, so I didn't have to worry about stuff like that and could play <laughs> Minecraft instead. I'm the idiot. <laughs> I edited the first... I think two episodes, and then no, I was just like, "You edited episode two, and that's yeah." You it. guys like no, rotated I for a did second. Episode one, and then I think I edited Field of Schemes, like number four. I think we were rotating the one that was three or oh, four. Oh yeah, we, okay, four. yeah, I hear it. No, no, you episode you. I think you edited episode two and four because I I edited episode one. No, Reverse Archaeology was me. Was it okay? Then I'm wrong. <laughs> Sorry, I completely forgot. That's been like so long ago. Yeah, well, it that, really has been. Back then, it's been a while. we like. We, one of us would give the whole prompt for the episode. So, like, I felt some ownership over I suggested the reverse archaeology prompt. But now it's, like, it's a mixed match of stuff we say. Yeah, it's a whatever box. It's, it's just a mess now. Box. What are we going to find today, boys? I think there might be a plot, a setting, and a character. Oh, my gosh. Well, here, look at this plot that I brought. I wonder. Let me open up the envelope here and see what's inside. Huh. <laughs> Oh, yes, indeed. 
You know what we have and the today? the Oscar for plot goes to... Everything, everywhere, all at once. Sweet. Approval awesome. for everything. so happy. Yeah, they, they deserved it. A prohibition speakeasy bar. Is that our setting? Yes. That's what was in the envelope. What's in your envelope, Jacob? My character. Uh, to, to do envelope opening noises. Um, here is Pedro Pascal here to present the award for character. Oh, yes, hello. I'm the Mandalorian. Um, and the character for this week, I say from my clearly Pedro Pascal voice, uh, is a boy band. <laughs> mm, okay. Oh, oh. And actually written on an envelope uh, is the Oscar for plot. Uh, presenting the Oscar for plot is uh, I am... Um, I'm Marco Rubio, uh, shark, and and who are you? What? Marco Rubio. Wait, Marco Rubio is the senator. Shark? He's, He's a senator. senator. Yeah. <laughs> Did you mean Mark Cuban? <laughs> I'm in Mark Cuban, Mr. Wonderful. No, you said it now. You're Marco Rubio. <laughs> Rubio. Marco Rubio. I'm Mr. Rubio. Mr. Rubio, I'm presenting Scrub Daddy. Yeah, today. you're the Republican senator from what was it, Florida? Yeah, Marco Rubio's in Florida. Yeah. Who are you? Um. Oh, I knew who that am off I? the dome. Adina Menzel. Uh, yeah, you're Gina Menzel. I'm not going to sing this, but the plot for today goes is, to goes to a man who buys a house and in the fine print he doesn't realize that it comes with Snow White's seven doors. <laughs> so it's clearly a boy band of dwarves, right? Right? <laughs> I see a story here, boys. So the seven dwarves are the boy band? Obviously. Well, yeah. Wait. Yes, they could be. They're coming. Hold on. All right. You can imagine like a little mouse hole in the corner of the speakeasy bar and out come the dwarves to sing. Wait, this is like a an Alvin and the Chipmunks scenario where this guy buys a house and it comes with these dwarves who can sing. And he's like, <laughs> I can make some money out of this. <laughs> so he turns it into a bar like, during speakeasy time. Or turns it into a... This uh, oil baron type, like tycoon, this of man of industry is out here buying a house he's down in his luck and he's he just doesn't see that it comes with these seven tiny men <laughs> of, of, who are these like frankly blue collar workers who just came with the house right they're probably the builders of the house oh yeah but they and they just like they sing as they work to maintain the flow and the tempo and stuff and it turns out they're really good so he tries to make money off of their singing this is actually awesome this worked out a lot better than i anticipated Holy cow. yes this would make the dumbest movie ever and i want it so bad i love it can you, can you imagine, like, if this is, like, this guy's, like, uh, what's the guy from Alvin to the Chipmunks? The human? Dave. Dave. Dave Seville. And he, he, he's just, like, he's, like, yelling at Alvin, but instead of Alvin, it's just, like, Scrumpy! I feel like Sleepy should be the bassist of this band. This is a boy band. They don't have bassists. Um, they could. No, you're right. The bassist is and always in the background. Versions. I forgot boy bands don't have music. They just sing. Yeah, they just sing. They, they're not talented. <laughs> what? <laughs> Unless they're no, a they've always got instrumentals. Five seconds of summer is not a boy band. No, I know, but they could be if you squint hard enough. No. What, what makes them not a boy band? Because they said they weren't a boy band. No. What oh. makes them not a boy band is, let me give you the definition of a boy band very specifically here. You get usually five. It's it's almost always five. Five dudes, who sing. And there's always instrumentals in the background, and there's a band sort of tucked away in the corner of the concerts playing over the speakers, and you've just got the five guys sitting on stage singing and dancing and making themselves look like idiots generally. Five Seconds of Summer is five guys, right? But they're just a band. They're four. Look, four. I probably, thought you were a fan. I'm probably shut right, up. but in my, my memory's mind, terrible. You know this. It, 
if you are a band made up of handsome, vaguely young men, like exclusively handsome men, you're a boy band. No, that's not a boy band. A boy band is a very specific thing. It's a very specific type well, of music, and it's a very specific kind of thing. Five people, but it doesn't have that's to. I say usually boy band because on March twenty fifth, twenty, I believe it was twenty fifteen, Zayn left One Direction, and there was only four, and they were still a boy band. Again, so I said usually, wrong. not exclusively. This Which is, is it? No. In this podcast, <laughs> that was my cue to leave. All right, guys, enjoy the plot. Well, she basically just dropped a bomb on us and left. Okay, it's the 1930s. Prohibition is in full effect. Mm-hmm. The housing market is booming. For some reason, this darn house has come with seven dwarves. And this guy who bought it, who we have to learn more about, thinks I can make some money off of this by starting a speakeasy boy band. Now, when I'm thinking Prohibition, I always think New York City for... You know, that's always the vibe that comes with it. So is this actually in New York City? Is this in, like, a metropolitan area? Let's set it in, like, booming Detroit. Like, All back right. when it was cool. Yeah, back when Detroit actually did something other than just murder. Detroit become <laughs> dwarven. And burn. Yeah, oh gosh. So, okay. Oh, actually, that would work, because, like, in the rise of, like, industrialist America, like, Detroit would be the perfect place for this w- upcoming businessman to to buy some sort of you know sure kind of downtrodden maybe bought, mansion maybe he bought an apartment building i feel like it has to be some sort of mansion i think it has to be he's buying a home and he, he's like moving in to some sort of estate right mm-hmm. okay and then he ends up when did the seven dwarves come out i mean i mean snow white and the i want to say it was 37 you'd have to double check that that's a oddly specific time well yeah I'm no sure 1937 right. is correct yes okay whoa I know, you know that i don't know that is impressive man so actually it could be set the year the movie came out i think because prohibition, well, prohibition was in the 20s didn't it last into the 30s oh 1920 to 1933 yeah dang that doesn't work no oh my gosh okay can i can i just point out something really funny real fast yeah yeah i looked this up right and and it shows all the characters and all of them have got like the pictures from the actual animated movie right except for grumpy and it's just got like a photo of the guy that played um one of the one of the goofy pirates from pirates of the caribbean (laughs) i see him yeah it's (laughs) it's all animated it's all the animated ones except for him yeah grumpy is grizzled man yeah, Pinto Colvig. Colvig? He's my hero. Yeah. Okay, who's our main guy? Because whenever we come up with our main guy, that will be the name of the title because it'll be Blank and the Seven Dwarves. Jeremy. No, no, no. We need someone. Who is the most prominent man in Detroit in 1920s Prohibition America? That's a and very then, specific Back to the question. research block. Well, okay, if we said it with a real guy, we're going to do a lot of research here. Maybe that's a No, problem. no, no. That's the best part. We won't do any research. Okay, Detroit in the 1920s. Because I think the more research we do, the worse it's going to get. On the Detroit Historical Society website, the second picture shows the Grabilowicz family. And I don't know what they did, but they seemed kind of important. The Grubby Witch oh. family? I, I legitimately I didn't hear what you said, but it sounded like Grubby Witch. No, Grabilowicz. Witch. Wits. Wits? Wits. I have no idea. No, I'm not getting a specific name. No, I think we should make up a guy. Famous Detroit gangster. I like Wait. Jeremy. Oh, hold on. Oh, never mind. Henry Ford. <laughs> Henry Ford. 
Oh yeah, why not? Straight up, it's just Henry Ford. Henry I mean, Ford and the Seven yeah, in Detroit Wars. during the. <laughs> why not make it Henry Ford Might as well? This is the secret so underbelly Ford... that they didn't want you to know about his past. The secret of the Ford Motor Company. Detroit, for some reason. I don't know enough about Henry Ford's life to to postulate a reason. But it's like a big house. It's pretty cool. Um, And he gets there, and it turns out some dwarves are maybe living right under the house. Like, they've dug out a little space under the house, and he finds them. No, no. uh, The stipulation is they come with the house in the fine print. (laughs) So whoever sold him the house knew about them. Oh, knew about the dwarves. Okay. (laughs) Well, maybe this is how he made his money to, like, first buy the factory, or first make the first... How did Henry Ford become a self-made millionaire? He sold these seven dwarves for music. I got... Okay, here, here's what I'm thinking. Hear, hear me out on this. The Ford... Okay, so by in the early 1900s, he had already built the, the Model T, right? The, the assemblies were pumping out cars ac- all across America, right? His empire was being built. Into the Prohibition, he is definitely, uh, like, you know, he's pumping out cars. He's living his lifestyle as as the, the king, the, uh, the king of automobile manufacturing, right? The only one. Uh, he buys this new house. Let's just say... His kids are, he, he's got his kids, he's got his family, he gets his new house. Uh, I, I, I don't know. I feel like he's looking to, to branch out his, his portfolio. Hold on he a second. He wants to try something new. What if, what if instead it's Henry Ford buys this house, right? And his kid wants nothing to do with the, the automobile industry. But hey, they've got seven singing dwarves. Maybe he can make a name for himself outside of his, get out of his father's shadow. His kids that, in that time period, were not that old, if I remember. We can or, make or, up a I kid. Say, we can Dave Ford. It's true. Dave Ford. It's the oldest one, stricken from the histories for his work with the dwarves. This, like, ends horrible, and it's like, ah, oh, they just erased this guy's name from history. They didn't even want to talk about it. They didn't even want to consider that he existed with these dwarves boy bands. Okay, this is the... No, this is it. This is it, guys. Hear me out. So there were two prohibitions in history. There's the alcohol one that everybody is taught about. There's then the real one. The prohibition of music. Dude, we already did the secret moon. Yeah, and what's the point of the speakeasy then? Just for some Be- music? No, hear me out. Hear me out, okay, guys? In Detroit. It's a secret it's a musical city hall? Of, oh, yes. But with dwarves. Henry Ford, dwarves. he has to he has to motivate his his, his people, his, his employees, because, it, music's outlawed in Detroit, and they can't even drink about their sadness. And so what he has to do is create a musical speakeasy i just don't see why we need to invent our own prohibition when we can run with the historically no i mean if you've got like, a like speakeasy the idea and it's of embedding it in the time period more okay, yeah, okay, look okay. if you've got a really fancy speakeasy they've got entertainment there it's not weird to think that they've got a stage and he brings out his seven singing dwarf boy band there's like one guy on the back banging on a bucket to make some instrumentals and then it's just the dwarves so okay so the dwarves come with the house Maybe he's annoyed by the dwarves at first, but then eventually he figures out that they can sing, and he, he, and he organizes them into a boy band Ooh. and books them shows at a speakeasy. No, I have an idea. That's skipping I have so idea. many steps. No, 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 I have an idea. But I like where you're going. Here's the issue. Here's an issue. During No, here's, here's the thing. During Prohibition, right? During Prohibition, the rich people, they knew it was coming, so they just bought a crap ton of alcohol and just rode the whole thing out. They didn't have to worry about it, right? That, that was just what the rich people did during Prohibition. But the thing is, he moved into this house, and these seven dwarves that he didn't realize were there won't stop singing. And it is so annoying. So to save himself from having to listen to their constant 
boy band ear shattering music he ships them off to his speakeasy to entertain people there so he can get them out of his damn house okay by the way to be clear in my mind the real story starts once they're a boy band at the speakeasy like something's gonna happen so so in my mind i'm not skipping the story because that's just to get us to the place where the story really starts Okay, I, I know I said Henry Ford, but maybe that is kind of holding us back because he's such a prominent historical figure. I Yeah, let's just make sense. I'm just that. assuming this is like something he did in his spare time. Like I feel like, well, maybe it's some, some young yuppie who went to uh, Detroit in the 1920s looking to make a name for himself in the automotive industry. And he is running into like a brick wall. He doesn't have any prospects. His money's, you know, his money's drying up. And basically he just makes one like last ditch attempt to do something with his money and he so he buys he buys some real estate to tie his money up into some physical property and so the real estate that he buys is this mansion that just so happens to have seven dwarves <laughs> attached to it and so the story becomes him realizing oh i now have these seven dwarves what do i do with them and like he he sees them whistling while they work and he goes hot dog these boys can sing and so he transitions from being a uh he tried from trying to be like a uh, a car mogul to becoming uh effectively the first boy band manager in yeah. history a gustavo rock type if you will can we literally recreate <laughs> yeah. that scene from alvin and the chipmunks where they were in the tree singing outside his window and then he just opens up the window <laughs> and it's just the seven dwarves in the tree just singing they they should just be starting to dig a hole in the backyard <laughs> like they're just like whistle while you work or something and just whoosh, oh, just yeah, singing sure, a silly man, little song digging a hole diggy diggy hole <laughs> digging a hole mm, these cats are cooking we're digging a hole just to fill it back up so we're we're just doing Alvin and the chipmunks yes is what I'm picking okay. up. it ends up being depressingly similar I think something should happen like um I don't know Does- what kind of plot might happen at that point they could get busted by the government, like the speakeasy could get Well, raided. if it's a speakeasy, it absolutely the has to get raided by the government or something. Maybe, maybe Fletcher, maybe to kind of help out with this, because I feel like the speakeasy takes us to another location, and these dwarves are at the house, and maybe Fletcher was right, maybe he does buy an apartment building, and it's like apartment up top, and then it's like a bar underneath. I mean, it's basically like just, like, somewhere in the basement in the hidden away. There's a, there's a funky entrance that's kind of hidden. It doesn't have to be a... It doesn't... Also, it doesn't really make sense. If this is a guy who's, like, getting down to his last bit of money, he just needs some business scheme, right? Something that he can do. Buying a mansion doesn't make sense. Oh, he buys, like, a, but buying a rundown, like, like, a little hotel apartment building or, like, a warehouse dwarves, or something. Yeah, an apartment building, a hotel or something, and the dwarves help make it a thriving business through the speakeasy or like he's bought it and it's not working but as soon as he gets but as soon as he starts doing things with these dwarves starts like peddling them as the entertainment for the speakeasy the speakeasy starts to take off and it starts to bring him in actual lucrative money and i'm i was i was recently at a real uh prohibition speakeasy in kc like last week and that was in a hotel so that's just a thought i'm throwing out there i'm gonna i'm gonna throw this out there because he buys a cheap, kind of run-down, crappy hotel, and he he wants to fix it up. I know let I the, went right. I know I went right back. I'm going back to my word again because I'm just that kind of crazy guy. But I just had a single thought for how the how the house works. We don't have to do. We go for the apartment. 
But just for how this house could work, if you bought this big track of land, his idea could be, I'm going to make a speakeasy in this place. And since P I don't want the cops to find it, basically having it in this distant mansion with a lot of land around it kind of hides it from the police being, like, just pulling up, right? So he's like, I'm going to build a speakeasy here. And it turns out, I got seven dwarves. And these dwarves are, like, kind of like Dobby. And they're like, oh, master, like, thank you for freeing me. It's like, we, we came with the house. Service. We came we with the house. We are bonded to the house. Guy. We're not allowed to leave by law of We're magic not. or something. And, and basically, yeah, maybe this guy promises these dwarves, like, okay, I'll give you your freedom, but, like, you guys have to dig me out the greatest underground speakeasy the Detroit area has ever seen. And so these dwarves get to work. Guys, this just becomes Great Gatsby meets Alvin and the Chipmunks. Alvin Gatsby. That sounds excellent. The Great Alvin. The Great Alvin. <laughs> that doesn't really work. The wait, Chipmunk wait, Gatsby. The Great Sleepy. <laughs> the Great Sleepy. The Sleepy Gatsby. No, no, you replace the Gatsby. Great Gatsby the and the no, you Seven gotta, Dwarves? You have, to, you have to go. You have to go with the alliteration and say the Great Grumpy. <gasps> the Great Grumpy. <laughs> the Great Grumpy. That doesn't... That makes literally no he's the sense. Lead si like, no, no, no. It's a boy band, up. but it's like a metal boy band, and he's the lead singer. This is not a metal the great boy band. Grumpy. This is, the Great they Grumpy. They sing 90s eras tunes in 1920s America. This is how grunge was invented in the 1920s. Okay, we're. I think we're floundering here. <laughs> I'm having we fun. Have? I don't know what you're so talking far. about. I'm having a blast. Okay. So... It's a mansion he's making into a secret speakeasy location. It's got to be like yeah, a rundown hotel. So. Okay. I have one issue with this, which okay, is that's... there is no convincing reason a bunch of random people would be going to a guy's mansion that's going to be immediately suspect for drinking. I sort of agree that like a speakeasy okay. makes much more sense as part of a rundown hotel. And there's also this angle of like whoever bought the hotel is probably a businessman who wants to make it work. It's probably not in great shape. And the dwarves are sort of this godsend that helps him make it a real location. And he's probably got you know? loan sharks coming after him, like the mob loaned him money or whatever, because you think of 1920s, yeah. 1930s, right. Chicago or Detroit or any big city, you think of the mob, right? So I think you guys are 100% correct. This becomes kind of a period piece, but with singing dwarves. Well, that what, that's what makes it not a period piece. The singing dwarves. <laughs> <laughs> no, but yeah, like, that's not I, I gotta ask a question. Yeah, this right? is a very Captain America's a period piece. It just also is Captain America. <laughs> this is a this is a very important question. Uh, yeah. Because this this sort of will infer. Oh my gosh, guys! Big. This is what I was gonna get to. How are there s these seven dwarves? Like like straight up mythical dwarves in this place and i came up with the answer magical portal in the basement the fireplace uh, basically i was gonna say detroit is a conduit for magic and so it's not a speakeasy for people it's a speakeasy for magical creatures oh yes i'm so okay. down so maybe instead so it is prohibition era so this guy was already kind of actually i don't know maybe maybe instead of trying to make a speakeasy for people he gets like sent into either either he gets sent into a magical detroit or uh he is able to like bridge the gap between magic detroit and, and regular kind of crusty detroit yeah the the mafia is run by the big bad wolf he's gonna blow your house <laughs> actually i like it better that he's bridging the world we could set so, this like, in the shrek universe <laughs> brings in all the fairy tale it's it's the it's the underground it's like the underground speakeasy for all the fairy tale people that are 
banned and outlawed. Or... Wait, what if in this world, instead of pro... And I know we said don't invent a fake <laughs> prohibition. I was originally <laughs> against this, but since we're already introducing magical creatures, what if prohibition wasn't outlawing alcohol? It was outlawing all these non Dude, creatures that's the real prohibition. Yes, that's the real <laughs> prohibition. Magic! Oh, that's and and these the American prohibition on this magic. is kind of if you don't if you don't think about it too hard, it's kind of really s- smart. It's intelligent. It is syncs up like, with sort of the industrial revolution. It's like a fun metaphor for how prohibition is just like racism <laughs> somehow. <laughs> I, I didn't want to go there, but now that you have you've opened up a can of worms, that it might be it might be too far. But okay, you're you're right. In every in every way, this is it. This is the this is the key. Prohibition, it's magic, baby. A magic baby. <laughs> yes, yes. The boss, the boss baby. baby shows up to the... Boss baby's the mafia leader. He's like, hey, it's me, Alec Baldwin. <laughs> Wait, is that the guy that voices? That gun isn't loaded. I swear. Is that Alec Baldwin? Oh my yeah, god. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's, Dude, you can I, I feel bad for laughing at that. Oh. Could you imagine he's like interrogating a guy and he whips out a gun? Don't worry, it's not loaded, I promise. <laughs> no! 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 God, God bless everybody involved in that situation. <laughs> oh, gosh. Backtrack, backtrack. Okay, so magic. So there's a speakeasy, which is a cool hangout spot for a bunch of magical creatures, at which our seven dwarves are a boy band. Very popular boy band. They're the 7D. What? Um, 17. I love that. Uh, it's the na- I, I should say real quick, that is in fact the name of a Disney Channel show that tried to make the Seven Dwarfs some like hip new animated characters. Wait, like, really? that was like from like almost 10 years ago. I'm having like a flashback to <laughs> yeah. being a teen. Yeah. Ugh. Wait, that's nuts. So like that wasn't just me, but... Yeah, no, I, I kind of remember that. Barely. That has to be the name of it, obviously. Um... Sleepy so and the six D. What kind of trials and tribulations Doc. would face a boy band? What are, hold on, what are the are names of all the seven dwarves? I'm forgetting them all. It's there's Grumpy, Sleepy, Doc. Um, those are the only three that Sneezy, I can remember. Sneezy, Bashville, Happy, Dopey, Grumpy, Dopey, Sleepy, Sleepy. Doc. I forgot about Doc. I feel like Doc has to be the leader of the boy band. I mean, he's a doctor. Who's our main? Who's our main guy? Who's the leader? Who, who's like the the owner of these? The, I'm not gonna say these dwarves. See, that's a little Do- slavery. Doc strikes me as the guy who doesn't sing a bunch, but when he spits a verse, he's the it's rapper. Like serious. He's the one they pull out for the some, rapping section. But he drops some freaking fire bars. I'm telling you. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um. Okay. We we we've got a lot of stuff on the yeah, table. So we, the so we have a wannabe real estate guy. Tiger. Like Sneezy's an excellent singer when he's not sneezing. <laughs> He's like constantly has to use like lozenges and stuff to like open him. He's like constantly over there like blowing his nose trying to like clear his sinuses. Okay, so what we got is we got a like wannabe real estate tycoon who's take who's like he's been loaned some money by the Detroit Mafia. Used it to buy a um kind of rundown hotel hotel, hoping to fix it up and planning on using the mafia connections to open up a speakeasy in the basement type of situation, right? And then he finds out that this thing comes with seven dwarves. Singing dwarves. So he turns them into a boy band to use as entertainment at the speakeasy. So, okay, this is, this is, this is where that, that all falls apart. And, and that ends up being the like the, the introduction area section for the... How do we jump from he finds out he now owns seven dwarves to these guys are my ticket to the big top. I will make money off of them. 
Like correction, correction here. It's not that they are his only ticket to the big top. It's that they are a novelty act that he can use to get people into the speakeasy to buy all his bootleg but beer how and he... alcohol. Make money all doing right, that. That's he can do that. That's great. They're, they're part of it, but it's not that they're the only get thing. there. But how do they get there? Because he yeah he finds well, is them. Is the alcohol bootleg? Or is it just magical creatures? I think we gotta just settle on one. Like, is are both prohibitions happening? Probably, well, definitely both are happening. But I guess maybe we only tango okay. with one of them. Probably. The I completely forgot about the magic bootleg part or the magic prohibition part. Pro- prohibition. Yeah. As a story, it doesn't really hold water. But we can we can patch these holes right now. I think we can do it. Dude, Alvin and the Chipmunks had three movies. How is four, this a four. less ridiculous premise than that? No, no, no. It's not that it's a less ridiculous premise. No, the premise is fine. There's just no substance to it. Like, we... we, we okay, so well, here's, he here's my thought, it, right? right? My kind of thought is that this ends up being kind of a... You can make this into like a three, four season TV show, right? Where the problems that they face and all that is like shifting a little bit where you have issues coming in with the mafia and the loan sharks that he, that he used to acquire this place. And if this... Um, this boy band of seven swinging dwarves really starts to take off. They want to cut it out. They want the dwarves. Maybe at some point some of the dwarves get kidnapped or something. There are there are a lot of different okay, ways we could take them. Okay, that, that's getting too in the weeds, I think. Uh, I'm trying to, like, just simply, I think the story beats are, it's like he buys the apartments, he finds out he owns these dwarves. And then at some point he realizes these dwarves, they've got some some great pipes. They, they sound fantastic. Chops. Uh, that some it's for some reason he's motivated to work with them to make money with them and become their manager be a boy band some sort of conflict from there ensues i i'm just like trying to like sketch out the basics right like uh there has to be some sort of conflict between the people putting up the prohibition and and them these these eight characters and then maybe the some sort of separation between the dwarves and the manager and then uh a okay. final kind of conflict and resolution. What if the police raid the speakeasy and arrest the manager and the seven dwarves have to break well, it out? Well, if it's a magic prohibition, the dwarves would have got sent off to a gulag. Okay, the seven dwarves have to break out of their gulag and then rescue <laughs> their manager from prison. <laughs> so, they, what the heck? We got you, brother. We can, we're getting you out of the local I love local the turn saloon. this is taken. It starts it off as good. kind of like a fun Alvin and the Chipmunks, kind of funny, goofy Seven Dwarfs singing. And then it's, you know, they're off to a gulag and must escape prison. I mean, yes. But, but they're, they're dwarves. They're demolition experts. Not only are they, they demolition experts. They can things with their bare but hands. But they can sing. They use pickaxes. They, they can use their songs. No they can use their songs. I mean, they use their hands, but they don't use their hands for mining. They well, use their I songs also to distract the guards. Be of, the manager and the dwarves don't have, like, a super positive relationship. Like, the dwarves kind of feel like they're being used they by are. the manager. I mean, but they're also illegal, Jacob. so they they're don't have a lot of options They're literally owned here, by this right? Yeah, they're being enslaved. Then they get sent to the gulag, well, and the manager gets him? arrested. Hold on, are they owned they... by him, or are they tied to the house? Or the, the hotel? If it's magic, they can just be magically tied I mean, tied well, here's the, the place. thing. They can't really leave the hotel even if they wanted to because they'd be taken to the gulag, which they're now mm. at. Wait, right? wait, so they, wait. The whoa, manager whoa. can kind of hold their illegal status over them. And make they're not in the gulag, gulag yet, fellas. We, <laughs> they really they, yeah, but we're not there yet. That's okay, we don't two. even know the well, guy's let name. Let me sketch out. 
let me switch out what I'm saying, though. They have a poor relationship with this manager because he's kind of using them. And so then all this stuff happens, and the manager gets taken to prison, and they get sent to the gulag. And then they break out of the gulag. And most of them are like, well, I guess we should just escape the country now. And then one of the guys is like, no, we should go back for the manager. And they're like, whoa, he never did anything good to us. And then he's like, no, he did. He believed in us when nobody else did, when even we didn't believe in us. Right? He made us a boy. Yeah, and Stockholm Syndrome is said it just (laughs) enough that I believe you. Yeah, of course. Absolutely. And then they saved the manager. And he feels indebted to them, and they have a much more positive relationship from then on. And is it a bit Stockholm Syndrome-y? Yeah. Hey, and would it work at all if this was about real-life slaves? Not at all. But I think for, like, a you know a family boy band movie about dwarves, you can kind of overlook that a, a little bit. I think it works. Well, I feel it's always good when a, when a family yeah, movie stretch, just yeah. says at the end of it, it's problematic, but it's for the kids. Okay, what They'll movie isn't? <laughs> A lot nowadays. They try very hard not to to have slavery. To be fair, it's also like kind of the plot of Uncle Tom's Cabin, and that was okay. Are we really equating Sorry, this, no, I should, this no, to not, Uncle I'm Tom's not gonna, Cabin? No, I'm not this going is, there. We're cutting that I'm out. I'm not going there. Yeah. Yeah, please. that's bad. Uh, it's a great book, though. It is a great book. I haven't read nice it. Nice so cover. I, I, um, I kind of. I, okay. I, I want to keep I mean, it a I think little we more. I to flesh out the guy. Easy. I, as funny I mean, as the gulag is, I kind of don't want him to, to like this is all end up map going into guys. prison I, and then escaping and then breaking him out of, like, that's sort of a fun, weird tangent, but, like, like I feel like we got to get back to, they are trying to, like, they have to make up money to pay his debts, right? And they have to fix up, they're just trying to be successful, they're trying to make this hotel successful, they're trying to make this... Speakeasy successful. And then we just have a remake of Hotel for Dogs. I was thinking about dwarves. that. Is that what you want? Do you want to uh, make yeah, Hotel for Dogs? No, I don't. This is so nebulous for me. Because I don't know what any... Other than us saying no. what these... Okay, guys. Think of all the cool dwarf boy band scenes we could have with the plot I outlined. You know all the cool like music scenes <laughs> the prison the song. most wanted? You'd have that, right? Yeah, they have a prison song at the gulag. They get a bunch of the other magical creatures to help them out in their revolt and subsequent escape, right? Okay, but that feels like a completely different movie, Jacob. Like, what you're describing is a completely different, or, or at least a story. Sure, but I drew a straight line. Fair. From the speakeasy. No, you didn't. There. Okay, if the speakeasy. This is the Hold second on, let me, half you of the, let me say the shark. This. Let me say this. So it starts in the speakeasy, and that's sort of like the um, the premise for how this all starts. But if we're dealing with the magic prohibition, the the main point of the story is to be to end this prohibition or to fight against this magic prohibition, right? That becomes the thing. In which case, the speakeasy becomes like a location, sort of like the home base for all of this. But the point is to like end yeah. this prohibition or to convince people that this is wrong and this is messed up. Have you guys seen Schindler's List? I don't think no, so. Unfortunately. I it's should. an incredible no, movie about uh, a man, Oscar Schindler, who was a German during Nazi-occupied Germany, who was a businessman who uh, originally shrewdly was using Jews as labor um, during... You know, what, basically when the Jews were being kicked out, of, the Jewish people were being kicked out of their, their homes. He used them as labor. But over the course of the German or, or the Nazi uh, kind of rule, he had a change of heart and started to try and save as many Jewish people as possible. This is not to compare what Oscar Schindler did to our story. However, as a story comparison, I am seeing 
minor similarities for what we could do here. Where a shrewd okay. businessman sees opportunity to take advantage of some dis, uh, uh, some disfranchised individuals, uh, specifically the magic people of Detroit. Who are banned he from starts Detroit using them completely. He starts using them for his own purposes, but over time, he starts to grow a heart. And he starts to try and fight against, in his own way, against this magic prohibition until the end of said prohibition, when he when he can, uh, when, when he can finally set these people free. Maybe we look at it from that to contain it all within more that's of kind a speakeasy of, setting. That's kind of how I was thinking about it, more or less. And they're kind of confined to the speakeasy, just because it's safer there than any pretty much anywhere else. Or anywhere else that is safe, they and, have to go through the city, which is a dangerous thing. So it's like, like it's more or less confined to the hotel and the speakeasy, but like it's not about the hotel and the speakeasy. It's about this magic prohibition. Yeah, and, and so incidentally, this businessman who's looking to make a buck, right, and any any red cent that he can get, uh, he will get. But incidentally, by getting this place, he starts using them uh, for his purpose, but then starts to kind of grow a heart. Uh, because he, he starts to know seeing them more, plight, starts you know? to understand the plight of the magic ones, especially because they they end up being his patrons a lot of the time, coming into the speakeasy to escape the world outside that is hating them and stuff. Is this something? I think so. Yeah. Okay. So you could totally write let's a say fun the, the raid scene this. happens and the magical creatures get taken. <laughs> Maybe then I, I love he how has to try laser to like... focused Jacob is on the fact that these dwarves are going to not prison but some magic gulag. Like every time Jacob talks about this, it is all right. Let's get to the raid, and then I want them in jail. I want them in the gulag, and I want them to sing a prison song. Don't drop the soap. Don't drop the soap. Everybody is now in the prison. It's speakeasy. It's a speakeasy. There needs to be a raid scene. But I wasn't gonna go to the gulag. I was gonna say. Wherever they get taken or the imprisoned or sent, or Jacob, whatever. you're sending them to the then gulag. Then it's on the manager. They're going to a gulag. The manager who now realizes the value of these people he's lost has to like petition for legal change or in some way rebel against his society. And like he is still firmly the hero who's now had a change of heart and wants to well, reunite. And there's with a version of this of where these, these Jacob, are you more. suggesting that it becomes halfway through the movie? It goes from a boy band movie about a man who manages these seven dwarves as a boy band to becoming a legal drama about fighting for the freedom <laughs> for these seven dwarves What's which overarching ends the magic prohibition guys, in Detroit hold on guys guys no 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 what this ends up being is like it's this whole movie right about this this boy band and the prohibition and and the speakeasy and these these uh dwarves have gotten to be relatively popular especially in the underground world and like like among the general populace they've really started to be popular and make a name for themselves and and people really like them and they're starting to wonder like hey maybe this whole prohibition thing is stupid after all and then what you get is a legal scene but it's like the legal scene from the b movie no no also i hate where it's like a little bit at the the end prohibition is happening but Fletcher, what you're proposing is the pro- magic prohibition's happening, and then the moment people are like, man, I sure like using these magic people, they're like, this prohibition kind of sucks. No, it's like these are great performers. They become like pop idols. <sighs> okay. <laughs> now this is like greatest show <laughs> movie. But, um... Hello, <laughs> yes, it is! Okay, what is your... Okay, when you say you want him to be like a Schindler-esque figure, what is your vision for that? I told figure? you my vision. He has a change of heart after using when them originally. F- 
Okay, change of heart, and then does well, what? Well, okay, so because you guys haven't seen that masterpiece of cinema, basically, not to give it too much away, but what he does is he uh, slowly tries to um, bring in more um, Jewish uh, prisoners or, or in, in, the, in the camps, and he tries to bring them to his factory and try to give them a better quality of life. Like, he's trying to... He, his goal is to buy, literally buy as many Jewish people as possible to save them from being taken to, like, Auschwitz. Like, straight up. Okay, so a it's version that works... incredible story. So a version that works in this situation is you can almost treat it like, um... Help me out, make sure... Am I saying the right... The Underground Railroad, right? Where what he turns... He ends... What happened is... The speaking is... We are nice become, boys. Yeah. It started because I think I'm using the I think I'm using the wrong example. I think I can't quite. I feel like I'm getting something confused here. Basically, it's like there's like the speakeasy is a thing, right? And it started to become pretty popular. And so what he's is he sort of he ends up using it as sort of like a location to pull in the magical creatures to get them out of Detroit. That's not what he does. That's what we can do here. Yeah, I, like I yeah, I'm, I'm taking yeah. it like like what you're doing in a slightly different direction. I, okay, so which is where I was coming trying from. Trying to profit off like of them, he them decides to help get them out of Detroit, even though that means they're no longer, you know, his customers and getting he's not getting business from them anymore. But he realizes instead of profiting off of these suffering people who come to my place as their only refuge, I should instead help them get out of this. Yeah, situation. so like they they come and they stay there a little bit, and so it ends up being that he's got like some back rooms or whatever that are. That have always got a bunch of these magical creatures waiting to till they can be snuck out. And so then when the raid happens, right, they're not just coming for the seven dwarves. They're coming for the seven dwarves and everybody they've got in the back. They knew they're gonna like get a bunch of the magical creatures in one big swoop. So then you got a whole bunch of them that are in the gulag, and it's not just the seven dwarves. And then they've already got a little core for their rebellion for people that like, yeah, you know, this guy really helped us and he helped you guys. And let's go, let's break out of here and start a fire. This is this story. I don't know how this story of all stories is on such thin ice because we have brought up like so many raw topics that are very delicate as references for this True. specific story. Um, I will continue going down that path because it's kind of weird that this magic probe all gas exists, no breaks, but they're kind of against the people, but. Like, it feels like magic prohibition means you can't use magic. Not, you can't be a magical, magical creature. Magical creature right, but, prohibition. But if you're a magical it's creature, and, and your very existence relies on using magic. We're talking governmental magic discrimination is what we're, we're yeah. actually laying out so here. So, we were using magic Basically. prohibition as a shorthand. But, like, I wasn't thinking there oh, like, wizards on, walking around. I'm thinking it's like, it's like, I guess, I don't know, cryptid prohibition? I mean, Magical yeah. I mean, there's there's a version. There might be a version of this where okay, we okay. say it's literally there. So here's here's the thing. I'm gonna run an idea by you. See what you guys think of it. So basically, my thought is that what they have is they they're the thing that they've given a prohibition on is magic specifically, like casting magic or whatever, or using magic or whatever. The issue is with a lot of these magical creatures, they're magical creatures because their very existence is using magic it's like just a thing that they do naturally it's not like like they're mad like you, you understand the distinction they're making here where they're like an creatures. artemis fell i don't know i haven't seen i don't i haven't read it haven't seen it i think there was a tv show don't talk about, about the movie don't talk about five the movie. minutes left boys five Sweet. minutes okay. left. okay i forgot we were talking about this yeah yeah yeah. so bring us home so Hunter. basically so what happened the version of this that i'm thinking is they've sort of auto discriminated the 
magical creatures because they just automatically do this thing. And so then sort of the movie ends up being them not undoing the magical prohibition, but saying, hey, they can't do anything about this. Just like let them live their freaking lives. And then so it's able to like make the a legal distinction between using magic uh, and being magic. Like society is on the page of nobody should be able to use magic. But there are these creatures whose very nature is magic. And until yes. now, they've been discriminated against. They've as been part lumped of that. into that no using uh, magic. Okay. But and so they, th- this is like, they, okay, no using magic, but like they are magic. They can't help it. Why are we making, okay. why are we blaming so there's them? There's like a political battle to fight there. Yes. Okay. And like everybody's still on board. Wizards are bad. But like that dwarf can't help that he can mine stuff with his hands using powerful earth magic or whatever. He's very he kind of does it. <laughs> Yeah. This is not how dwarves work. But <laughs> I'm fine with this. Be how dwarves work. So, I guess they're technically not magical creatures. Yeah, no, I mean they are. Like, like they are. They have always hey, they been are. considered part yeah. of the magical what, creatures. What I've always been confused about how they're magical creatures. What about them as magical? They're shorter. That's well, not also magic. in some contexts. In in some like <laughs> lores, they're like immortal. Like I think in in. Or yeah, oh, yeah, 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 so. They're immortal. I don't know. No, you, the real um, reason they get lumped like, in with the magic creatures like is because they're like... There are like sirens in the speakeasy. There's, you know, the so, chupacabra. I don't know, other magical... The chupacabra. They can't let the sirens uh, the sing Jersey because Devil. everybody would just die. Uh, Jersey Devil is like a dragon man. Bigfoot! Bigfoot! We're coming back to Bigfoot. He's like sitting there drinking a pint with a Yeti. And you can tell no difference between them. Because they're exactly the same thing. One is just icicle. Okay, I like everything that Fletcher said. What is then, what is the story? Are you asking for a okay. recap? I'm so no, no I'm, I'm straight up curious. Like, what is our story at this point? Because I'm 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 really lost. The story is like changing the hearts and minds of the public and the politicians to understand that there's a difference between wizards casting magical spells and like dooming the world and magical creatures. So what does that look like? Are we in a courtroom? Right. Are they, are Again, they doing I'm going back protest? to B movie where like that just sort of happens at the end, as sort of like the culmination of Hard stuff that right. has been happening. Hard right. There is a portal that is leading that's somewhere south. They have to go south to escape this discrimination in in Detroit. It but, becomes like no, I like uh, but, more. No, but you, hear me. But I didn't solve the problem. Okay, I'll let you finish. I. It is, it is straight up leading the Israelites out of Egypt, out of bondage. It is straight up, this man leads these magical creatures across the Dead Sea, or the Red, the Red, the, yeah, the Dead Sea. He is letting my people go, and he's leading these, uh, these magical creatures to freedom. His name is Moses Bartholomew. So instead of like courtroom drama, Okay, no, fine. In, yeah, you in like... the context of this like prohibition movie, I think court drama works better. And I also think a lot of times in history, music has been used to, you know, inspire political change. Right? It has. You get the the seven D to do a charity song about the plight of magical creatures. Okay. Okay. Fine. It's it's a... you. You have a street protest with singing. And then they end up in the gulag, and everyone's mad because they loved these dwarves. Right. The public revolts, and then we see political change happen. Yeah. We can have literal riots in the street. This is such an idealistic movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And racism okay. was no more. Uh, well, sometimes, you know, it's okay to have an idealistic movie, especially if you get a good soundtrack out of it, you know? That is which we a very good point. <laughs> I mean, us personally, the three of us that have well, very little experience us. making any sort of music, yeah. yeah. 
Like, what did I learn from Encanto? The important part of your family is loving them for who they, they are. Like, that's not a hard lesson, but it's freaking Encanto. It's great. Yeah. And if you make the movie really well, mm-hmm. even if the, the, the moral of the story or whatever is kind of very used to it and it's been done a lot, if it's done well... Who cares? The Lego movie, creativity can that, come that from anywhere. That is such a high bar for us to reach. What? We, <laughs> if, as long as it's good, it's good. No, I mean, if it's made yeah, well. okay. Because you can have a really, <laughs> you can have great premise and a great plot. And if it's done terribly, it's going to suck. But you can have kind of, you can, you can get away with a lot of stuff if it's just made well. I disagree. And- I think, well, I think what's lacking, which in general, I don't know what made well means. That's so nebulous. No, I, I, I kind of agree with you, but I also think Fletcher's point, right, is that since we aren't making this thing, it's hard to, like, criticize the execution right now, right? Like, I think this is a plot that could be executed well. And I think you oh feel like... Okay, uh, Zootopia. Uh, no. like, like, I, like, when you think about that movie, like, Mrs. Doubtfire, stupid stupid pit really funny because the execution was great and they got robin williams see i don't know if at the end of a an episode of a podcast where all we do is pitch the thing we should be talking about how it's a stupid pitch i actually like our pitch i I do too i'm saying like like i can see this working really well part of it comes down to the execution and it's really weird it's dorky but like that's not a problem for me it's it's difficult to wrap my head around it this one in particular is like i there's so many ideas that i really like but to put it together, like, yeah, we're not here to make execution. We're just here to come up with, like, a, trying to come up with a story that we could present as a cohesive unit. Uh, I will be telling yeah, you right an now. An elevator pitch. I won't be able to give that pitch because I'm <laughs> grasping at straws here. I can I can give I've recap. gotten kind of confused. So, yeah, I think I please, would miss a lot of the finer points. Give give us the recap, Jacob. Just so, because maybe, maybe recap it to me Hearing just it all so I can understand it. Because I'm, okay. I'm a little lost. Picture this. It's 1920s in Detroit. Prohibition is in full effect, but it's not the prohibition you're thinking of. See, in this alternate Detroit, magical creatures run wild. But prohibition has banned all use of magic, and as a part of this decree, creatures who are magic by their very nature have had to go underground. They're being discriminated against. Their very existence is illegal. We now join our main character, who is named Jeremy. Do we name him? Jeremy. We said Jeremy. I guess I said Jeremy, Jeremy. incessantly. Jeremy has come to Detroit uh, to find some business success. His father is an important businessman, and he's been given sort of uh, some capital seed, like some starting money, and he needs to impress his father by developing a great business. So he buys out an out-of-business hotel apartment building thing and needs to get it up and running as a great business. Part of the fine print of this uh the landlord who sold it to him the landlord who's actually on the side of magical creatures in this prohibition is that he has to take care of the seven dwarves who live inside of the hotel right and at first the seven dwarves are only an obstacle for his success they sing all throughout the night they keep him up uh they they aren't building the underground speakeasy as fast as he would like to get this business going but then he realizes he can use them 
to make a speakeasy not just a popular location, but a particular hangout spot for illegal magical creatures. So the 7D from a boy band called the 7D, uh, where they will be the main source of entertainment in this underground speakeasy that attracts all sorts of magical creatures who have been underground. Bigfoot, Yeti, Chubacabra, Sirens, uh, Mermaids, Elves, Gnomes. For a while, our main character, uh, Jeremy, just sort of is using these people. This is a great source of income, but he starts to fall in love with the culture of these magical creatures, and he realizes that a lot of these are really hardworking, great people. And so, Jeremy starts working with them to inspire political change, to create a charity song. Uh, Jeremy tries to present the case to a court, they start some protests, uh, but in, midst of the no in the midst of all the kind of noise and uproar they're making, uh, the the speakeasy is raided and a bunch of the magical creatures get taken away to the gulag but see a bunch of the citizens of detroit have been coming to the speakeasy and hanging out and they've gotten pretty chill with these magical creatures they've loved the music and so there starts to be civil unrest in the whole city and there's a huge protest of, of non-magical humans right everybody wants to bring back the magical creatures and eventually political change can happen there's a great scene where they they sign the document to affect everybody cheers the magical creatures can return and the movie ends with jeremy and the 7d running a thriving public speakeasy anyone can go to and that all sorts of magical creatures are welcome at because even though wizardry and other kinds of magic are still illegal the magical creatures existence is legal and they've been allowed back into society. And also they've given the Statue of Liberty wings as a sign of their respect <laughs> for magical creatures. <laughs> a completely different city. <sighs> Thank you. All right, well, yeah. Uh, I can do an outro. <laughs> <laughs> My outro begins. <laughs> I had to cough and I died. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to. Uh, so... Uh, well, thank you everybody for listening to this episode of what is now Amateur Pros, the ep the the podcast where amateurs pretend to be pros and create a story. Ah, uh, my name has been Fletcher. My name currently is Peter. I've been Jacob. And we'll and catch remember, you on the flip flop. You have to be an amateur before you can be a pro. <laughs> yes, that was off the dome. That was a so genius. good. Uh, a man. Also of a follow man. our social media that we will have to update. Uh -oh. oh goodness, that's a lot of. Oh yeah. yeah. Whoops. That's fine. This episode um, won't come out for a minute or. I yeah. Don't know. Let, let, remind me when that's happening so I can update it all. Uh, but you can, as always, email us at pineappleReload at gmail.com. That won't be changing. I don't think. No, that's still. That's the mother so name. We're good. Mother name? Mother company name? Well, that's that's like the, the 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 parent company. That's the production house. That's the word I was looking for. Anyway. Yeah, the mega corporation that is Pineapple Reload. Anyway, well, bye, it's been everybody. good, dudes. <laughs> yeah, it's been great. All right. Bye, guys. <laughs> bye.